All right, praise Praise the Lord, everybody. You can be seated. Hallelujah. A couple of things on up in here I got to take care of first before we go any further. Hallelujah. First, before I get involved in all of that, I want to say thank you, Pastor. Honor. Thank you for the privilege to be able to stand up here tonight to uh, preach, teach, whatever. Brother Al Britton, golf, awesome man of God. Hallelujah. I do have something that I felt impressed to preach tonight, but before I do that, I woke up this morning and uh, the Lord pressed upon me. Somebody in this house feeling like God forgotten all about you. Feeling down. Feeling discouraged. And on the heels of that, you've had the adversary falling behind you and you know how he works. He likes to point out all the problems and all the faults that you've done. Bible lets us know he's accuser of the brethren. So if his mouth is moving, that cat's lying. That still doesn't nullify the fact that you're struggling with, does God know where I'm at? He laid a scripture on my heart for you tonight, and this isn't my message, but I got to say this, say one more thing, we'll get going. But in Isaiah 49, verse 14, it says, But Zion said, The Lord hath forsaken me, and my Lord hath forgotten me. Verse 15 says, Can a woman forget her suckling child, that she should not have compassion on the son of her womb? Yea, they may forget, yet will I not forget thee. Verse 16 says, Behold, I have graven thee upon the palms of my hands. Thy walls are continually before me. God knows where you're at. He has not forgotten about it. He has not tossed you out and said, Forget about it, it's done. No, no. Come by here to let you to know he's got your name on the palm of his hand tonight and his eyes on you. And I'm going to go a little step further here tonight. I'm going to tell you God's got great things in store for you. Hallelujah. I said God's got great things in store for you. Oh, yes, he does. I said God's got great things in store for you. Hallelujah. I know I know. right now it might look bleak. It might look dark. I know I understand that, but I'm still telling you, God's got great things in store for you. So you might as well go ahead and fill out a deposit slip and put that in the bank. There was a time I was, not too long ago, I was up here and made the comment and said, 
No telling what a year from now, what all God has done. Yes. Ain't no telling what's going to happen around here for God's people. You're the apple of His eye. Saint, you're the apple of His eye. Sir, you're the apple of His eye. Ma'am, you're the apple of His eye. Young people, you're the apple of His eye. You're the apple of His eye. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Well, I didn't dismiss the musicians. I called up Brother Hilton back up here. Come on, get on back up here, brother. Get ready. Just trying to obey the Holy Ghost. Last Sunday night, we were up here in church, and we had us a time. We had us a time in here. But it was during this worship service that we had an occurrence of a praise break. And this young man here behind this keyboard God anointed him. I mean, the power of God come down in this place. And ever since that time, I hope I ain't going to embarrass you, brother, but ever since this time, this man has battled a situation with his eye. And I felt impressed to have him come back up here tonight. And we're going to sing. We're going to sing celebrate in the presence of the Lord. I said we're going to sing celebrate in the presence of the Lord. I believe a miracle's on the way for you, brother. I said I, I, a miracle on the way for you, brother. And you know what? I ain't going to wait till we see it manifest. I'm going to celebrate tonight. Yeah. Oh, yes, I am. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, God's got miracles. He's got answers just ready to rain down in the air. Woo. He does. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. Oh, but Brother Nelson, I've been wrestling with this for a year now. I don't care. I'm still telling you, God still got a miracle for you. So, church, I'm going to ask you one more time stand to your feet in this house, put your hands together. Let's clap our hands unto the Lord. Hey, that's it. Go ahead. Clap your hands unto the Lord. Hey, Jesus, have your way. God, have your way. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Thank you, Jesus.
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Mm. You ain't going to have to drive back up there, brother. It's going to be all right. Sister Des, he's moving mountains even right now, sis. Mountains you've been dealing with, sis. He's moving them out of your way right now in Jesus' name. Oh, yes, he is. He Oh, yes, he is. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, yes. Don't ever, ever forget that your adversary, number one, again, is the accuser of the brethren. And number two, he's a lying dog. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Mm. Feel victory in the house here tonight. Yes, I do. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Well, if you'll turn with me to Romans chapter 5, I'll get in this and get out of the way. Thank you, church. Singers, thank you, drummer, thank you, musicians. Romans chapter 5, verse 17. For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which received abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in the life by one, Jesus Christ. Just for a few minutes here, church, I just want to talk to you about amazing grace. Amazing grace. Let's all pray. Lord, we thank you for your presence that's met us here. Thank you for the victory you've brought us here tonight, God. And Lord, I'm asking you to anoint these lips. Use me, God, to minister to your people. God, I pray let every need be met here tonight, God. That we leave this place with our faith built high, God. With an expectation in our hearts, God. Oh, yes, Lord, I pray, God, give each and every one in this house peace and strength and encouragement tonight. And we give you the praise, give you the honor tonight. In Jesus' name, hallelujah, you can be seated. I'll read that again. It says, for if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which received abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in the life by one, Jesus Christ. And in order for me to really talk about this amazing grace, I've got to lay a groundwork of just the condition that each and every one of us were in when He found us. Because we all, all of us were sinners. Yes, we are. We were. We were born into sin. 
Hallelujah. Whether you were born in the church, your parents were in the church and you were born into the church, or if you weren't born into the church, we were all born sinners. In Romans 5 and 12 it says, Wherefore is by one man sin had entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. Thanks to Adam, we had that sentence imposed upon us. We were sinners with a death sentence upon us. Matthew Henry commentary puts it like this, says, Adam therefore sinning and falling, the nature became guilty and corrupt, and so derived. Thus in him all have sinned. Death by sin, for death is the wages of sin. Sin, when it is finished, brings forth death. When sin came, of course, death came with it. Death is here, put for all that misery, which is the due desert of sin. Temporal, spiritual, eternal death. If Adam had not sinned, he had not died. The threatening was, in the day thou eatest, thou shalt surely die. So death passed, that is, a sentence of death was passed upon, as upon a criminal. Passed through all men as an infectious disease. Passes through a town so that none escape it. It is the universal fate without exception. Death passes upon all. Sounds pretty bleak. Sounds pretty bleak. Genesis 2 and 17, that account says, But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it, for in the day thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die. And that's when all this started to happen. Hallelujah. And we have that death sentence. Romans 3 and 23 says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And we read there about the wages of sin, but in Romans 6 and 23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Think uh, Kind of interesting there, that particular scripture there says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Wages is something that's a, that you have to earn or you have to work for, but the gift is free. Hallelujah. The gift was free. Hallelujah. But thank the Lord. He didn't leave us there. Romans 5 and 6, For when we were yet without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. Romans 5 and 7 says, For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet preadventure for a good man some would even dare to die. Hallelujah, hallelujah. There he, Paul reveals to us just how significant the death of Christ was. I mean, for us to die for someone else, we probably wouldn't do that. Maybe for a good person, we might. But we were sinners. We were, we were cut off from Him. But yet, He came down, robed Himself in flesh, and died for us. That we might be reconciled to Him. Romans 5 and 8 says, But God commanded His love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners... Christ died for us. Hallelujah. That commended in the Greek means to introduce or to exhibit. So you could read it like this, but God introduced or exhibited His love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, not righteous, but not good, but as sinners, Christ died for us. 
talking about that amazing grace. Romans 5 and 10 says, For if when we were enemies we were reconciled to God by the death of His Son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by His life. Webster's defines reconcile as to restore to friendship or harmony. Romans 5 and 11 says, And not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received the atonement. And that Greek definition of atonement means exchange. That is restoration to divine favor. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And it goes on to explain the severity of Adam's sin and the effect on mankind. But it also explains the power of His grace. In Romans 5 and 12 through 15 it says, Wherefore, as by one man's sin it entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed where there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression, who is the figure of him that was to come. But not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one many be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, has abounded unto many. That word abounded there in the Greek means to super abound. Be in excess. To cause to super abound or excel. Abundance. Abundant. Be the better, enough to spare. Exceed, excel, increase, be left, redound, remain over and above. That grace abounded to many. It abounded to you and it abounded to me. Ephesians 2 and 1 says, And and you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sin, When in times past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all have our conversation in times past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, who is rich in mercy, for His grace, His great love, wherewith He loved us. Even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. Colossians 2 and 13 and 14 says, And you being dead in your sins, and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to the cross. This message started dealing with this. Bain started dealing with me at the truth conference. And as I was sitting there, Elder, and was listening to the teaching, I kind of took a trip back in time and remembered the time when I wasn't in church. You've heard my testimony. You've heard me talk about it before. In the fact that there I was, a Methodist, so to speak, 
frustrated. I wanted to live for God, but I didn't know where to go to find the answer. And I would search, and I would get the Bible out myself, Elder, and I'd begin to read it, and it just, it just wouldn't make sense to me. And I'd close it up, and I'd think to myself, there's got to be, be an answer to all of this somewhere. And I remember going to friends that I hung with, and I would ask them at times, you know, well, how, how do you feel like we, what we need to do to be saved? And there's some pretty, we were talking about it this morning, there's some pretty crazy ideas out there. There's some pretty crazy ideas out there. But I remember the time when finally, lady in our restaurant, I told you about her sister Linda, got in church. And I can remember when I finally accepted a Bible study. And I opened the door and the man come walking through my door and I met him and I said, before you even get started, I don't want to know what you feel or what you think. I want to know what that book says. You see, I was groping in darkness and I didn't know where to find the answer and I was getting frustrated because people were telling me what they felt and what they think. But it wasn't being backed up by the Word of God. And so here comes this man saying he has the answer and he's walking in my house. And so I'm saying, man, I don't want to know. I want to know what that book says. And that was the day that the light came to my house. And he began to open up the Scripture and began to show me just what it took to be saved. And as I looked at that man, I thought to myself, there's got to be a way around this. I just couldn't see myself living that way. I mean, you guys with your, with your dresses and your, and, and your long sleeves, and I just couldn't see myself living that way. But you see, I wanted to live for God. And I wrestled with that. And then the man began to, to, to teach about the tabernacle plan. And Elder, I didn't even know there was even a tabernacle plan to begin with. And as he began to, to show me in the tabernacle how that it correlated with our salvation, I was just sitting there going, here it is. This is what I've been searching for. That's the answer. That grace that He extended to me, walked into my house that day. And it was over a course of several months. It wasn't overnight, but time and time and time again, He would open up the Word and God would begin to, to show me and reveal Himself to me to where I could finally start finding my way home.
Colossians 2 and 15 says, And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. God has victory for us. Has victory for us. Has victory for us. See, the day when I finally made my way down to the altar, I'd been involved in so much sin, I thought, man, there's just no way God's going to forgive me for that. But he met me, and he got that burden off my shoulder. And it was sometime after that, this scripture, I got to read, and it says in Romans 5 and 20, it says, Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. See, while I was out there in the world doing my, my thing and getting deeper and deeper in sin, and sin was piling up on top of me and piling up on top of me, His grace was getting just a little higher and a little higher to the point to where I could finally make it to an altar that grace was sufficient to take care of the situation. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. But His grace don't stop there. He's given us the spirit of adoption. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you've received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Hallelujah. That amazing grace. That amazing grace. Brother, you can come to the music. See, as a boy growing up, I always loved him, but didn't know who he was. So when I finally was able to stumble across truth, and His grace was extended to me, and He filled me with the Holy Ghost and changed my life, Elder, as I was sitting in that truth conference, I thought to myself, who am I that I'm sitting here? Who am I that that He would extend that to me? Paul says that he was the chiefest of sinners. Elder, I can identify with that. Because you see, before I got got in church, I hope I don't bore you with my story, but I just feel like to just tell you this. Another waitress in the restaurant, we heard through the grapevine that she had gotten in church, gotten in Sister Linda's church. My dad and I heard it. My dad and I call her into the office, shut the door. My dad looks at her and says, We hear you're involved in that mess, that church down there. Is that true? 
She looked at us and she said, no. She had. She said, no. But dad looked at her and said, good, we don't need more of that mess around here. And let her go back out, finish waiting tables for the day. She never came back to church. I was a part of that. I was in the office and I was looking at her just like my dad was looking at her. And not only that, my life was out of control, man. And so to sit here and look at you all and and understand where you all are at, I'm here to tell you His grace is amazing. His grace is amazing. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Never in a million years would I think I'd be standing here with a microphone in my hand trying to make some semblance out of something to help you out here tonight. But somehow or another, he's seen a way to change this old boy and make him into what he is right now. I know I'm not where I was supposed to be, but I'm a whole lot farther than I was. Same's right with you. The grace is just amazing for you as it was for me. Hallelujah. Let's all stand here tonight. I'm talking to the young people as I'm talking to the older people here tonight. The grace is for you guys too. You don't have to go out and get all mixed up in the world and and come in here and, and have a testimony. No, no, no. Thank God you're in church. Thank God you're in church. Don't let the devil lie to you and tell you, man, you ain't got a testimony. I'm telling you, God's grace is just as amazing for you as it has been for me. His amazing grace, Strana. He changed this whole boy. He changed me. He changed the way I talk. He changes the way I act. He gave me His Spirit down inside of me, Brother Kaiser. I'll ride in my truck going through Kansas City heading to a job and out of the clear blue I'll feel him come in my cab of my truck it's amazing amazing thank you Jesus thank you Lord I don't know if I made any sense here tonight all I know is to tell you that God loves you And don't discount that grace God has extended to you. 
Because the main thing is we get out of this whole world. That's the main thing. We make heaven our home. I'm going to ask you to close your eyes and lift your hands in this house here tonight. You may have a loved one, a backslidden loved one tonight that you may got news. They're wrapped up in sin and they're, they're in some crazy stuff. Can I tell you? that that grace is still going to abound and it's waiting for them at this altar. The day's coming. It don't matter how deep they get, that grace is going to abound and cover and be sufficient for them when they come home. Maybe you got a loved one tonight that's never been in church. Their life is a wreck. I'm here to tell you that amazing grace is going to meet them when they finally walk through those doors. I'm telling you.